With her parents on holiday in New York from her home in Guatemala, an 18-year-old Gabby Moreno heard a busker singing. And so I, I went up to her and just asked her like what kind of music that was and she just, she just looked at me like, <laughs> like, where have you been? And she was like, this is the blues. Years later, now in her Los Angeles living room, a soulful intercultural expression would become some of her best work. I'm Jane Rocker from Mushroom. This is some of my best work. On this episode, Guatemalan singer-songwriter and guitarist Gabby Moreno. Known not only for her love of the blues after hearing it on the streets of New York, but also jazz, soul and R&B. She also co-wrote the theme to sitcom Parks and Recreation starring Amy Poehler and was the writer and singer of the first Latin Disney princess character in Elena of Avalor. Gabby was recently playing in Melbourne at the Brunswick Ballroom on Sydney Road, where we spoke just before her gig that evening. Here's Gabby Moreno and some of her best work, the song Fronteras. <laughs> Gabby, thank you so much for taking part in an episode of Some of My Best Work. Oh, well, thank you. We're so happy to have you talking about a song, Fronteras, is that right? Yes, Pronounced that's it correctly? It. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So tell us a little about your journey with music because in terms of when you went to the US for the first time, you were under 10, weren't you? Were, were you mm. young, yeah? Yeah. Did you go with family? Was it a holiday? How, how did you end up there? Was it New York that I read that you yes. sort of saw some blues? I believe I was a, I was a, I was a little older. I was okay. 13. It was just a vacation that I took with, with my family. My parents wanted to take us to Broadway to see a couple of musicals because I was really into into that at the time. Yeah, it was, it was really a kind of a life-changing event for me because that like you said that's when I discovered blues music for the first time and it was really just walking on the street I I heard this woman that was singing she was busking and it just like it really hit me I had never heard anything like that in my life and and I just remember like feeling something inside me that said oh my god like this 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 music is so moving why is it like you know like talking to my my soul and so I I went up to her and just asked her like what kind of music that was and she just she just looked at me like <laughs> like where have you been yeah. and she was like this is the blues <laughs> and I was like oh my god the blues well then after that I went and bought uh, records yep. and just devoured them at home and can you share what some of those records might have been like the well so I didn't know what yeah. artists to like to, to listen to because I remember I just kind of went went straight into a record store luckily there was a, a blues aisle so I just picked up like compilation yeah. CDs you know best of the blues and you know this and that but I do remember like when I when I went home um, the very first song that came up came on the you know the cd player that i had was um coco taylor's wang dang doodle which is a classic yeah she's a a blues singer from chicago and i was like whoa this is insane yep. like it just yeah give me more <laughs> so tell us a little about why you chose this song and what it represents to you yeah so it's a song that i wrote i want to say back in 20 
2015. I was just thinking about, you know, what it means to be a Latin immigrant in the U.S., um, how we are sort of straddling the fence between those two cultures, the American culture, the Latin culture, how we we keep our traditions yet we adopt new ones and and really just i just wanted to write a song that that celebrated latin culture you know and how we are we're very passionate lively people and also thinking about everyone that has made that journey you know to come from you know whatever part of latin america into the united states to to you know seek a better life yeah just uh, just thinking about all of those people um we're all connected and and again it was just a song to like celebrate diversity and so tell us where you were when you wrote the song because you've been living in the u.s as you yeah, said over yeah. 20 years now yes. so is there a little bit of your own voice and experience in that too oh yeah yeah i was in los angeles so I remember i was just sitting in my living room <laughs> and it just uh it just kind of came you know pretty quickly it's really amazing when, when songs happen that way, you know, sometimes they take a while for me, really, like even years. <laughs> but when something like that happens so naturally and, you know, without much effort, um, it really is magical. Yep. So it was nice. And politically in the US, what do you recall was really front and center at the time? You know, what was being covered most? Oh, well, definitely, like, you know, the, the issue at the border with in the U.S. and Mexico and just reading the news. I mean, this is still happening. I mean, that's just, like, been going on for years. And, yeah, I was also thinking about that and just, just how, you know, it was breaking my heart just to see how, how people were being treated. And, again, I just wanted to, like, express all of that in a song and yes. uh, to tell people, you know, don't, just just to think about all these people as human beings you know and and that you don't need to like fear them like, fear us or us latin people like we really have something beautiful to offer and really i mean the us has been built by immigrants and and in recent years by latin immigrants so like it's it's really it's just something that was very important for me to talk about what aspects of the song do you connect to some of your best? Is it because it allowed you to sort of the the freedom to express what you wanted to politically? Was it musical? Yeah, a little bit of both, really. You know, I I feel like it's it's in me to like to to say something about you know whatever political social issues are happening. But at the same time, like you don't want to be too preachy. So there's like a it's like a fine line there. Um, so I. I, I I try to to also make it about like like a, you know like I was saying about just celebrating celebration you know like I don't want to be too dark because <laughs> man it is heavy it is heavy to to read about all these things that are happening um, so I always try to look at like the the good the good side of it and the good side of it is that all the wonderful qualities that Latin people have and this is this is something that I'm singing about in my song I mean the chorus it says and I dance and I laugh it's in my veins you know like it's just it's just something that I that I know that's like a quality of of people in Latin America you know like talk about like people dancing and like you know just the music is just so alive and it's so so passionate it's, it's like my own way of telling the world like like look at us we really are of just a wonderful culture that's also also com comprised of like different you know different colors you are not just we don't fit in one mold if you could take me through being in the studio 
recording that? Give us some context of, of where you were. I was recording my fifth album called Illusion. This album, I decided to record it in Riverside, California, which is actually about an hour away from L.A., I recorded it with this amazing producer, Gabe Roth, from, from the Dapkins. Oh, they're He's, great. You know, yeah. yeah, for the work that they did yeah. with uh, Sharon Jones. I know. Yeah, so and, and I, it was a dream of mine to work with him, so... He's very well known for recording everything in an analog way. So, like, he does not use any computers. It's very much like things were recorded back in the day, you know. Yeah. And so, it was <laughs> it was really amazing. It was definitely a concept that I had for the album. But we went in there with my band and basically just recorded, like, two, three takes of the song. And then, in the end, just, just chose, like, one take did not edit anything so what you're hearing is is basically a live track yeah that's that's the version of of the album yeah and it was it went by pretty quickly i mean we recorded the whole album in like four days So ask you a little about the other opportunities that have sort of come your way because of what you've achieved through your songwriting as well. Yeah. Co-writing Parks and Recreation <laughs> or the first Latino princess yeah. who sings in a Disney movie. So how do those come about and <laughs> and how do you sort of fit them in with what you do with your music career? Gosh, I never I never really know like <laughs> how you know how those things come about. It's just kind of like, oh my goodness, one day I wake up and I have an email <laughs> from my manager saying like hey, they're looking for a theme song for this TV show. And I'm like, uh, no way. Like, there's no way I'm going to do this because, of course, they're not going to choose my, you know, whatever I come up with. And then the next day waking up and thinking, you know what, I have nothing to lose. Yeah. And just grabbing my guitar and just, <laughs> like, recording a little thing. And then thinking, okay, maybe, maybe, whatever. Like, it doesn't hurt to just give it a go because it's just all they were asking for was a 30-second instrumental. Mm, yeah. It's like, okay, come on. Like, yeah. it, it can't be that hard. Yeah. It's not like writing a whole song with lyrics and all this, you know. Yes. That's a little bit more daunting. <laughs> but this yeah. was this was like, yeah, whatever. Let's see, you know, if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. But I went for it. And, oh, my God. It took him about a couple of weeks to reply saying that, I had made it to like the final 60 or something like wow. that. So, you know, I, I, you, you just you just never imagine like something like that would ever happen. And then I'm going like, well, great. Okay. Yay. I made it to the final 60. That's it. It's definitely, I'm definitely not going to make it to the end. And then getting a call like a few days later saying like, uh, no, you got it. Oh my God, the most surreal moment of my life. I remember I was like at Amoeba Records. Oh yeah. Um, you know Amoeba? Yeah, I love Amoeba. <laughs> I was at Amoeba Records watching this band, the new number two. It's uh, Danny Harrison's band. I, I don't know if it still exists, but Danny Harrison, George Harrison's son. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, was I was there to see them and I get this call and I'm, I just started screaming <laughs> everybody must have thought that I was crazy oh god <laughs> that is exciting and so then how did we get on to say the Latin Disney princess okay part and singing for that okay that's a really um funny story so um, I put out a Christmas album called Posada that mainly has songs that are very well known in Latin America Christmas songs and that came out in like 2014 2015 
years later, I get an email, you know, from I mean, from my manager saying, hey, this guy who is like the creator of this new Disney show is interested in like you singing the theme song. And I'm going like, what? Yeah. Like, how did he hear about me? What's mm. going on? Well, he heard my Christmas album. You know, he, he had already created all the episodes for, for the first season. And for the Christmas episode, he wanted to use this song that's on my album. That's, it's, you know, it's a it's an older song. I think it's like public domain. But he loved the version that I did. And so he wanted to like re-record it. And anyway, so so that's how he heard about me. Of course, they offered me to sing the theme song, but also to voice one of the characters on the show. And this character was called Marlena and she played guitar. And so in that Christmas episode, uh, that character sings that Christmas song that's, <laughs> that's on my album. So it was, it was really amazing. I loved doing that. It was very exciting because it was, yeah, the first Latina princess. Which is a big deal. Oh, and you totally. kind of think, why had it taken so long even to that uh, point? I know, right? Yeah. But yeah. Man, if I had seen that growing up, I mean. Oh, it would change a lot of our ideas of what we think yeah. women I'm, should be. <laughs> I'm, re- I'm really glad that they're, you know. They're now yeah. doing that with this movie Encanto. Like yeah, you're seeing a beautiful like movie. My these kids beautiful characters. Yeah. yeah, these beautiful characters where like kids from like all over Latin America can see themselves represented. You know, yeah. it's beautiful. Absolutely. And so maybe even let's talk about that in terms of you representing a great mighty force for those that maybe look up to you from your own home country. I know you're not in Guatemala and based there. But, I mean, I'm sure there's so many people that know you from there that probably go, this is amazing. She's done so well. This is a wonderful role model for all of us. Yeah, I mean, it's it's strange because I feel that I've never really really left, you know. Yeah. Even though I've been in L.A. now for almost for two decades, I still feel like, I, I don't know, I, I definitely feel 100% Guatemalan. Um, you know, I don't call myself Guatemalan-American. I'm not. I'm... 100% um, Guatemalan and my whole family is there so us Guatemalans we do have that that you know as soon as someone is do, someone does something really big internationally it's like a big deal it is a huge deal people write about it in the newspapers and and even when I play shows like when when I play shows in Europe or or here in Australia like there, there'll be a group of Guatemalans that come and they'll have like their Guatemalan flag oh it's the best you know there's like this pride that we have for for our own for for each other and it's a beautiful thing to see you know that yeah. we're very supportive of anybody that does that has any kind of success outside of the country yeah coming back to the song that we've chosen to discuss today for the episode but that was also used in a biden campaign was it yeah the biden harris was campaign. yeah it was the biden harris campaign directed to the latino mm. communities in in the u.s so how did that come about did they again approach you was your manager sends you an email <laughs> it was so i i have a a publisher yes. I, I work with a publisher a publisher called peer again i have no idea how these people find my music it's just it's a mystery to me it's just like one of those things that i get an email saying like hey so they want to use your song for the biden harris campaign i'm like what <laughs> it means a lot like not that I want to start getting political here and take sides you know I think everyone has their good and bad things but it meant a lot that you know that the song was going to be heard by by the Latin community because it's a song about hope really that's what it is and like I was saying about celebrating celebrating the diversity so I was proud of that wonderful well Gabby thank you so much for taking part in this episode 
so We'd love glad. having you a guest and to do it in person oh, at the Brunswick Ballroom. Right? It's beautiful. Beautiful. Where place. you're playing tonight. So yes, that's exciting. Very much so. Gabby Moreno and some of her best work on stage. Great to catch up with her at the Brunswick Forum on Sydney Road. Before you get on to another show, please leave us a review if you're listening on Apple Podcasts or share the show with a friend. I'm Jane Rocker.